Hey everybody, this is part one of a multi-part episode. Uh, we dive into mental health issues, our guest Ed Jowett's current Kickstarter that ends November 15th, which is Violet Backlash, so go back and share that. Um, and why you should create your own thing and much more. So yeah, let's get into it. Welcome to SNC Podcast episode 49. We have Ed Jowett with us. See, I got it right. Ha ha. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Uh, He's here to talk about his Kickstarter, uh, Violet, and yeah, a bunch of other stuff. So let's talk about that. What is your elevator pitch for that? So Violet number two backlash is the second, (laughs) it's the second comic uh, about Violet, uh, who is uh, an empowered, a superhero. Uh, in in my universe, um, she recently fought a supervillain in the first Violet comic, Violet Unstoppable, um, and this supervillain very nearly defeated her, very nearly actually killed her. And although the physical scars from that have healed, the emotional damage that that caused, you know, the the, the mental scars, if you like, are still very much there for her. And we open the comic with sort of, I know that I'm not uh, normal, and and I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to figure out what what on earth life really is now. You know, should I still be acting the same way? And the comic really is about her progression from that situation through meeting another young woman called Unnamed, who also has her own kind of issues and and getting to reach sort of a new normal and, and healing those emotional scars that were caused by her tangle with the, the supervillain I mentioned, Rampage. And there is a, you know, there's a villain in it, um, but he's more there to kind of force that, you know, force in storytelling terms, he's more there to force addressing those issues. It's it's a comic about the people behind the mask and the way in which that a realistic person wouldn't just shrug off their first supervillain fight. You know, that's something that's going to stay with you forever. It's going to affect you for the rest of the time that you're a superhero. What the first supervillain who really genuinely nearly takes you down. You know, there's there's always going to be something about that that you never entirely escape. And it's about Violet finding her new normal after, you know, this this really difficult time. And it's a comic about, you know, it's it's about overcoming these kind of mental health issues that we're talking about. That's something that, that's a matter that's very close to my heart. I've gone through some mental health issues. Many people have. And I think particularly during COVID, it's really important that we have a reminder from time to time that having mental health issues is okay and it is also possible to recover and sometimes recovery can come on its own or or it needs help sometimes that help comes from a place where you might not have immediately expected but when you know that there's something wrong 
it is possible to recover from that and find a, a new normal, as it were. That, that's pretty awesome, too, because, uh, like, so many, like, hip-hop artists and rappers and a lot of, uh, you know, e even, like, you know, rock bands, like, some of the stuff that got them through some dark times were comic books. Like, if you listen to a lot of, uh, you know, the, the old uh, hip-hop music, like, they reference comics all the time. And it's because it's, like, this time where you know they can escape and you know go be a superhero but it, but it's interesting because you're actually diving into the problem they might be dealing with but even a superhero has to deal with it so it's kind of that's kind of a cool take on it one of the things that i've always felt was really important when i write superhero comics and i i should just mention jonathan lewis at this point he's my uh uh sort of my number one guy in terms of comics um he's worked with me on pretty much everything we've ever done um and although Jennifer and I co-wrote this, um, he dialogue edits most of what we do and, and sort of looks it over and gives his comments. But one of the things that he and I strongly agree on is that superheroes are more than the person with the mask on. And most of the interesting stories about superheroes are the ones about the person behind the mask and how they cope with balancing life between the mask and not the mask. Um, and, you know, obviously, Spider-Man, Iron Man, various others, they've all had this very difficult journey through learning how to cope with real life, despite all of the things that they're doing. And those tend to be the most engaging and interesting stories, in, in my opinion, and, and, and John very much agrees. So while, you know, while there is more than its fair share of, of superhero action in Violet Backlash, there is, you know, it's important that we keep that human element because she's still a person. And I think that's an important part of being able to identify with the character. But Violet has a lot of traits that a lot of people share. Um, her family are actually immigrants, but she was born in the country she's in. Um, you know, so there's this are we going to be deported thing, which is it's a thing that comes up in the first issue. You know, they, they have a conversation about it. Um, there's, you know, there's, there's, she has to go through what a lot of women have to go through when going on public transportation. Um, it's, it's kind of, it, the, the city she's based in is kind of like London. Um, there's an underground system. Um, and she, in, again, in the first issue, she sits down opposite someone, and he's just staring at her. And he's sort of, she's sort of like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm a superhero, and yeah, I could punch him through the wall, but I'm not wearing my costume right now, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm my civilian persona, so I'm just going to kind of steer clear of him and sort of, sort of step off the train, stay out of the way. And I think that whether you're a superhero or not, I think that people face these kinds of issues. And I think that having those as part of the characters is an important thing in making them human. Well, I think, I think the cool thing about that, too, is, like, it's the same reason Spider-Man was one of the... Like, well, he I think he's still, like, the number one favorite superhero. And the reason why is he's so relatable to kids first, because he's a teen. And, like, the biggest reason he's relatable is that, like, you know, yeah, he has, like, all these things that happen. Like, oh, he has to live in a, you know, a poor neighborhood and his uncle dies and all this stuff. Like, you have all this background. But then the other interesting thing that I, I think that probably is the reason that comic books help people get over their own problems is you get to see someone who has your normal problems 
and has to go fight a supervillain later and has you know what I mean and still has to keep account of that other stuff and you're like my problems aren't that bad <laughs> well there is that but there's also look at the end of the day these people are overcoming these problems and you can see a path to overcoming these issues that to any normal person seem insurmountable and I think that you know Sp Spider-Man is a good example Violet is a, is a similar example you can be strong you can be fast you can be able to shoot webs out of your hands that doesn't actually get you away from most of the real life problems that most people face so peter parker still has to deal with more than his fair share of problems and he does it and he gets through it and he finds a way through it and i think that's one of the reasons that that spider-man as you say has always been one of the top few superheroes i think that's one of the reasons that um I'm not sure what they're calling him today, but Captain Marvel, uh, Billy Batson, mm, yeah. um, has always been, you know, one of, you know, ever since he was created, he's been one of the world's favorite superheroes, or certainly the America's favorite superheroes. Um, because the kid, you know, he's, he's Charlie Brown, you know? I mean, like, nothing good happens to this kid, this poor kid. Um, and yet he overcomes it, not because he's Captain Marvel and able to go off and Shazam and they're calling him Shazam now, aren't they? I lose track. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm That's sorry. I'm all... time, yeah. <laughs> First one's awesome. Um, movie. Uh, yeah, I, I did see the movie and it was good fun. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and you know, I mean, I mean, you know, he, he, it's not because he goes off and does this stuff. It's because as himself, he goes and deals with these issues and approaches them and handles them and i think there's a lot to be said for the writers of those comics that as you say you know they they helped people through dark times i i think i think there's a lot to be said for the writers because you know i'm, I'm sure it's no stranger to you guys a lot of creative people go through a lot of very difficult times uh you know it's, it's not easy being creative and being able to bring that into what you're creating is fantastic you know for me i'm i'm so proud to have been able as i said to bring sort of these kinds of issues that Violet is feeling. You know, she's she knows she's not feeling the way she was feeling a month ago. And she can't quite put her finger on what's wrong. And, you know, it's sort of like, yeah, but, you know, I was told that if you're wondering if you're insane, you're probably fine. It's sort of her <laughs> eventual conclusion from that right at the beginning of the comic. Because, um, you know, and that's, that's, that's what they always say, isn't it? Um, I think, I think that's a really important part of being a creator. Being able to do that is a really important part of being a creator because Violet is a character who I've been able to pour a lot of the things that I think about a lot into, um, and really bring them to life in a way that it, it can be really hard to tell those stories. And, and don't get me wrong, it's... It is not only hard to tell that story, it's hard for me to come on a podcast like this and, and actually talk about it. Because there's so much stigma attached to, I'm not feeling right. You know, I, I, I know I'm not quite right, and I don't know what's wrong, but I know I'm not quite right. There's a lot of stigma attached to that, you know, in, in our culture. And I think that the only way that you can get around that is to help more people understand that they may have experienced this to some degree at some point in their lives and if 
if that does that for even one person, I'm going to call that a win, you know? Oh, yeah, no, that, that, that's what I'm saying. That's, that's a very cool way to do it, because, like, there's, there's, like, you know, the medical routes, which, you know, obviously, if you're feeling depressed, you should absolutely, you know, Please. seek out. You yeah. know, um, but uh, it's, it's one of those things where, yeah, like, sometimes sometimes people are just like right on the edge of like they don't know whether or not they're okay kind of thing and sometimes all they do need to do is have someone listen and if you don't have someone a comic is like the the greatest way to like you know almost pretend like somebody's listening and like you know you can except that that person's never going to tell anybody you know what i mean like that's kind of the cool thing about just you know diving into stories in general like like i'm not a big fictional reader meaning like books i love comic books so it's not like I don't read fiction, but like I don't I don't like fictional books, but I understand the appeal. You get to escape into this world. But for comics, like for me, the reason I enjoy them is because of that. Like you get to escape, but you also get this fantastic art with it. So you get to you know actually see the world that the the artist or creator envisioned, and you know go through whatever is in your own head while following the whatever's in this person's head. Yeah, it's maybe a little more immersive. Yes. Yeah. Um, in terms of the world, it. it, it it gives you a little more rather than having to come up with all of the pictures yourself in, in your head. I, I can completely understand that. And for me, you know, I, I create other things as well. I create tabletop role-playing games, Very cool. uh, card game. Um, I've finished writing my first novel recently. Nice. Um, and that'll be coming out soon. And obviously, I create comics as well, and and audio dramas. Can, can you say the name of the uh, the novel? Uh, I I can't at the moment. Nice. I'm not allowed uh, yet. I, I I say I've finished writing it. I'm co-writing it with with someone else, and um, it's it's. I can tell you that it's based in our sci-fi universe, cool. Um, which we produced a number of comics in, and and also some audio dramas. Um, and and it was our very first role playing game. But <coughs> um, I can't actually I can't actually talk too much about the novel. We've only just finished it. We've got a we've got to agree a title for starters. So I I have something I like, and if I go ahead and announce it, then uh, then yeah. he'll be like, oh, you know, I, I didn't want to call it that, but now you've announced it. So yeah, no, I I can't actually tell you what the title is yet. We'll get, um, we'll, but it's we'll it's you know it's later. it's sort of a, a fun sci-fi adventure. Maybe I'll come back and talk to you about it uh, when it's uh, when it's about ready to come out. Yeah, definitely, that'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think I think that each of those media gives you a chance to tell a different kind of story, right? So a tabletop role playing game is almost like a doorway into the universe. You know, you you get a lot of the artwork that you're talking about in the comics. You get a lot of the you know the the kind of the the cool stuff and the sort of the tent poles of events, as it were. These events happened and led you to this point. Now you can do what you like and tell your own story. Mm-hmm. With a comic, you get to kind of go, okay, this this event that we talked about, we kind of gloss over it, right? Now we're going to go in, we're going to say, okay, look, this is how this character felt, how, how, how they saw the world, how the world looked through their eyes. And it's such a different kind of story to what you can tell in a role-playing game. And then with, with audio, you, you don't get to do the pictures, but you get to do a different part of the feeling. You, you, there, there's something about sound and soundscaping and music when it's done really well that gives you something that comics can never give you. 
Um, it's 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 not how the world looks. It's how the world feels. Yeah. And I think I think novels give you the opportunity to go. Okay, this is the story that's happening, and I'm describing things. But anything that I've not specifically described, I'm letting you build the world. I'm letting you imagine. And I think that all of those things you can tell different. You could tell the same story in four different ways. And each one would come across differently. It's one of the things that interests me a lot right now, and um, I, I, I don't know if we're done talking about Violet yet, and I don't want to kind of steer the conversation in, in a particular direction. But one of the things I'm doing is I'm making audio dramas from the comics that we've produced. Yeah, that's cool. Um, and we're actually launching one on on the 4th of November. Um... We are we're launching one called the Bug War Number Two, Infiltration of the Bug War Number Two. I have to scope right here. There you go. Nice. Um, and uh, and I I literally took the comic that we'd made, and I went ahead and adapted it for to become an audio drama. And in particular, this one was a real challenge because there's a lot where we just showed, and he barely said like the main character barely said anything. And we had to do a lot of work to make it so that, uh, particularly with soundscapes, to make it so that people could understand what on earth was going on. Um, some of that was adding some extra lines to kind of explain. Some of it was, you know what, we're doing this with a soundscape and, and it's just going to sound, you know, like, like you're going to be like, whoa, what? Um, there's a point where he's running through like a, an orbital bombardment coming down. And, uh, you know, he's like, what? Ah! Um, and, and like an explosion goes next to him, and um, we, we, you know, we we had the explosion, and it just didn't sound didn't sound right. So what we did is we literally added a ringing in his ears, right? And you, you, you're oh, just that's boom, that's ringing. awesome. Yeah. You know, like ah, <laughs> um, uh, you know, even while the the because uh, he goes Val, uh, his virtual assistant is called Val, and he goes Val. And she'll go, don't worry, I know exactly where all the bombs are going to land. And so do you. They're using your coordinates, after all. And he's like, okay. <laughs> he sort of starts running again. Um, but, you know, even while she's explaining this, we've got the ringing in our ears from that explosion being so close. That's cool. And while you can show that really easily in a comic, we found it really hard to do in audio to actually, you know, until we <clears throat> came up with the idea of adding ringing, um, full credit to the editor, Ben Spadaro, for that. Um, and as I say, I think you can convert one thing into another thing, and you're almost telling a completely different story at that point. Uh, you know, people could listen and read along with the comic and, and very much enjoy that, and then they get both the feel and what things look like. And having each one stand alone and then the opportunity to do them both together i i just there's something that i'm finding very interesting at the moment um i i i, I have kind of fads about things i find interesting in terms of themes um a little while ago i did a thing about duality i did a whole bunch of games where in some way the characters were each pair of characters were intertwined um i did a game about fighter pilots who you know, all of their physical stats came from their fighter, and then they were the, the mental and social stats. I did a game about um, 
it was actually a, a, a game based on a novel series, a sci-fi novel series of a very good friend of mine, Richard Tung. And um, I did a game, uh, in this game, you play as two characters at the same time. You have one who's an officer on the ship and he's, you know, doing the, doing the whole ship combat thing or, or, you know, being on the ship thing anyway. And then you've got a Marine who's basically expendable. And you play as both of these characters at the same time. So it's kind of like RTS meets RPG. That's kind of cool. Kind of. Um, <laughs> there was a level to which I was inspired by Planet Side. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because obviously, you know, they have the multiple levels of, of different stuff you can do. And, um, you know, I, I was quite inspired by that. And I thought, oh, I know. Uh, this is a really good opportunity to do that. And... You know, I, I, I kind of, I played with duality for a bit. I'm kind of past the duality thing now. Um, and I'm moving on to, okay, what about different genres telling the same story at the moment? Um, and that's what that's what the Bug War 2 audio drama is about. I mean, it's also about giving, I know this sounds a bit funny, giving voice actors a voice. Um, I, think, I think there are a lot of people out there who would like to create, who either don't know how, um, you know, like... Okay, they know how to voice act, but they don't know how to get involved with things, or they don't know, you know, how to kind of publicise their work when they've done it, or you know, various other bits and pieces. Or they're not much of a writer. I mean, they're a great voice actor, but but you know, they're not really going to write something, so they kind of need a script and to work on stuff. And casting calls are pretty, pretty cutthroat, to be honest, in in the voice acting world. Um. Well, that was very clicky too. Like once you once you get in, it's like those are the people that they kind of keep forever. Like think about think about anime. Like holy crap! Like you can hear the same five voice actors in every anime yeah. that's like ever been made. It's like I get it, Piccolo. Stop lecturing me. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's like hey, this is Dragon Ball. <laughs> not not only that, they're all the same voice actors. Um, that's what, yeah. yeah, as you say, yeah. Um, it's it's kind of one of those things where. I feel like I feel like people ought to be given a chance to prove what they can do. And maybe what they can do isn't as good as they think it is. That's possible. Or maybe what they can do is fantastic. And uh, the, the thing is that these, these audio dramas that I'm doing now, um, I have this tendency, particularly with audio, to get a little out of control. So what I did is I thought, okay, right, um, I'm, I'm interested in this, this new media idea. I'm going to turn one of my comics, it's called Counting Down From One, I'm going to turn it into an audio drama. Um, and that means I have seven parts. Okay, cool. So I put out a casting call, and I get 50 applicants. And I'm like, okay, uh, what am I going to do? Okay, I have nine comics, let's go. Um, and I literally wrote them all up into audio dramas, and we recorded them all before COVID happened. We're now in the process of editing through them. Uh, we've released two, or three so far, but one of them was pre-COVID, completely pre-COVID. Um, and, um, you know, I, I, I just wrote them all up. I got every voice actor who reasonably could. Um, one of the things I did insist on at the time is it needed to be local to London. Um, they had to be able to come in and record in my home studio so that I knew the quality was good. Um, but apart from that, it was come in, I will find you a part if you want to do it, let's do it. And we had a lot of fun, we recorded a lot of stuff, 
Um, we've got loads of stuff going on. Since then, um, uh, Leo, my my head of audio. So kind of, I'm I'm like the of Shades of Vengeance, which includes SOV Comics. It includes Ear Escapes, which is the audio, and Shades of Vengeance, which is the the games bit. Um, I'm sort of the the I'm the CEO. I'm kind of the creative control overall. Um, but Jonathan Lewis, who I mentioned earlier, is in charge of the comics. And Leo is in charge of the audio. And um, I, I, I said to Leo, okay, uh, Leo came to me and said, okay, Ed, I've got some money. Let's hire, uh, let's hire a writer to write a podcast and do like a 10 episode podcast. I was like, okay, cool. Let's do that. Put out a casting call uh, or put out a writer, writer's call. 57 applicants. Um, I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> All right, then. Um, we only had money for one. So what I did is I actually offered... So, some of them were really not very good writers, I'm sad to say. And I had to say, look, I'm really sorry. I don't I don't think what you're doing is, is what we're looking for. Um, but, uh, you know, a good number of them were excellent. And I hate to turn good people away. So I said, hey, look, um, we can't pay you up front work with us and we'll run a Kickstarter and we'll pay you out of the proceeds of the Kickstarter because then we'll have, you know, we'll have money from that. Um, and nine people agreed to that. And, and we hired one for the original project we had. Um, nine people agreed to that. So we now have 10 podcasts currently in various stages of production. Most of them are, are writing between episode one and five at the moment. Um, so I'm, I'm expecting to have a, a lot of audio content. I've got voice actors run, lining up around the block. Um, and um, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. It's going to be really good fun. Um, I, I love creating. I, I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> that's, that's very cool. I was going to say, um, for the uh, podcast, are they like, are, are, so is that like a story broken across a podcast? Is that kind of like what those are going to be? Yeah. And um, that, so one of the strengths of what we do is that it's all based in the same universes, right? So uh, we have our sci-fi universe and our superhero universe, which are the probably the two primary ones that we build stuff in. We've got our survival horror universe. We've got a, you know, we've got a, a low fantasy universe we've got a, a a variety of other universes i could go through there are 10 okay i won't go through one by one i don't want to bore everyone um but each one of those has a role-playing game you see and i'll create these universes and then i'll go okay um let's do some more and and we'll go away and we'll do a sci-fi comic or a superhero comic or, or or an audio drama or whatever so when i went to, when i spoke to these these writers i basically gave them an option of which universe would you like to write something in so we've got several based in our sci-fi universe. We've got several based in our superhero universe. We've got a couple based in our sort of existential horror universe, I'd call it. And then there's a survival horror universe, which is a, a different one to that. Um, and we've got one based in there. We've got, you know, we, we've got all of these different stories, which, yes, they're the story of the one person episodically for 10 episodes. Um, we've come up with an arc for all of them about, you know, how we, how we grow the character during that time. Um, we divide it up into episodes based on events or whatever. But the idea broadly is, yeah, it's, um, it's going to be five hours of content per cod. Cod. 
Her podcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Her podcast. Yeah, we're doing fish, people. Um, Delicious. Fish and chips, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, sure. Um, <laughs> just because I'm British. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we do, you know, we, we, we've got all these podcasts, and, and they're all based in these same worlds. And the thing about this is, is that means that whenever someone likes something about one of our worlds, they can just go away and pick up the novel. Or, or uh, you know, oh, I heard this podcast and I really liked it, and I really think it sounds like a great one for a role-playing game. So they can go away and pick up the role-playing game, or pick up the comic, or... You know, I'm really interested in this character, which I read about in the role-playing game. There's a comic for it. Fantastic. Let's let's go and let's go and get a hold of that comic. So, it means that, as I was saying, you know, sort of role-playing games are like a door into the into the universe. But then all of these other things sort of open up a different window that you can look through and sort of discover more about the way the universe looks and feels and sounds than otherwise you might be able to if sort of everything was was its own unique world. If that makes sense. That's, no, that's very cool. Yeah. You're like the perfect example of like what more people should be doing. <clears throat> Which is? <laughs> um, creating multiple types of content. Uh, there's people that just have trouble creating the one comic. They should be creating a pod. They could create a podcast. If you don't like doing that, you can create video. Um, I, think, I think that part of it... Uh, so... I, I should say to anyone who is watching, to anyone who's listening, who's going, yeah, I, you know, I'm listening to all the things you've done. You know, yes, I have published almost a hundred books. I have published um, three so far card games, and I've got two more literally sitting on my shelf waiting to be published because of COVID. Um, I've, I've now, you know, I've, I've finished seven or eight audio dramas. I've got ten podcasts on the way. Um, you know, most of the books are comics or, or role-playing games um yes i have but it all starts with one uh-huh. and there are two things to remember first of all don't expect to do everything yourself it, it you won't you won't be able to right no one is good at everything right i've i've worked with a number of artists i've you know i've worked with freelance artists i've worked with freelance writers to write short stories for my role-playing games i can write them but not as well as other people can. Uh, whereas on the other hand, actually creating the rules or building the world, I have not got anyone else in my team who does that as well as I do. So I do that. Um, that's the first thing. So don't expect to be able to do everything. Secondly, just do it. Like, like seriously, what have you actually got to lose? Like, just do it. <laughs> just, just kind of... Make the thing yes, and, and put it out into the world, even if it's for free, right? Even if you're not confident about mm. it and you want to put it out for free or, you know, figure out a, a pay what you want or, you know, there's drive through comics, which does a pay what you want if you're a comic person. Or, or you know, if you're not confident in your writing, you know, jump on a Facebook group and go, hey, I've done this artwork and I'm not really confident in my writing. Would anyone like to sort of work with me? Yeah, some people want to be paid, and yeah, some people will just go. Yeah, fine, I'll, I'll work with you. Let's let's see if we can make this a thing. I'm inspired. Yeah. Don't don't be afraid to do it just because it's something you've never done before. Especially, yeah. I don't know if the US are. We're, we're going back into lockdown. Um, everyone's going back on furlough um, for another month minimum. 
Um, it happens to also be NaNoWriMo. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Um, it's National Novel Writing Month. I mean, it's actually kind of International oh, Nav- Novel Writing Month. What, what was it? Navo, say the name? NaNoWriMo. NaNoWriMo. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think this is a fantastic opportunity for anyone to get creative. Um, one of the things I do on, on my Discord server, I'm, I'm working with um, five or six people at the moment. Um, we're all doing our own thing. So I'm at the moment I'm still writing stuff for one of my role-playing games, which I kickstarted earlier in the year. Um, and I'm I'm just what my I call it era mode uh, because it's not writing and it's not necessarily writing a novel either. Uh, but it is writing in the era universes. All, all of my all of my universes are era something. So for era survival, I'm I'm at the moment I'm in the middle of writing up thirty settlements that exist in this world and their unique traits and they you know the people who live there and what they're like and so on as a reference book for the role-playing game it's one of the expansions i'm writing so i said okay i'm going to sit down and i'm going to write a settlement today and i'm also going to sit down and i'm going to write a scenario every day uh for all of november that will come to around two thousand words uh in total um that sounds like a really really good thing let's let's go ahead and do that and in the same way, um, I've got one person doing uh, uh, who's composing music every day. Uh, just, just you know, um, from sessions that they've played that inspired them, I'm going to compose some music. And um, I've got Leo. He's he's gone away to he wa- he desperately wants to write a role playing game, which he and I worked together on creating the universe. He really wants to have written a role-playing game, you know, now that I've got 10, you know, he, he wants to write one, add it to that list, so, uh, that, that Shades of Vengeance is offering. So he's gone away, and his aim is to write this role-playing game during Eremo. And I've got another guy who's doing um, improvs, like audio improvs, sort of five minutes in character, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, in, in one of the universes. And of course, it doesn't specifically have to be in one of my universes. I think people should use this opportunity, particularly since we're under lockdown, many people are on furlough. Now is the time to say, okay, I'm really gonna sit down and I'm gonna write 2000 words a day, or I'm gonna do an hour of whatever. You know, um, I, I say that I would actually, anyone who's thinking of doing this, first of all, I hope these guys might put my discord link um, in the show notes. Oh, yeah, uh, what, oh, yeah. what is it, by the way? And we'll definitely put it in the show notes. But is it uh, easy? Is it one of easy, like? No, it's easy? one of those horrible. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah we'll, put, we'll put it in the in the YouTube description and. Um, um, yeah, but but check out the YouTube description. Uh, feel free to join us, of course. But um, don't try and spend six hours or two hours or one hour a day doing stuff. Come up with something else as a measure of time. Yeah, so, like 100 words. 2,000 words or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Because what you'll find is when you start on the first, it will take you a long time. And when you get to the 30th, not only will you be doing much better than you were on the first, if you compare the two pieces of material, you'll be doing it way faster. And it's just, it's really nice to see that by doing this and applying yourself to the thing that you love every day, You've made progress in the thing you love. That, that, that's a really good idea too to not to not put it on a time because that's much harder to like measure 
um, like growth or success with whatever you're doing. Oh, oh, we lost him. Where'd he go? Oh, he'll, he'll be back. Oh, yeah. there he is. <laughs> it, it does that. It does. Apology. No, no worries. Yeah. But uh, I was just gonna say, um, yeah, not not using time as a measurement is a great um, a great thing to do because it's like. But like, there's a, a book I've, I read called uh, Mini Habits, and what it talks about, it, it, the, the one I have in particular is called Mini Habits for Weight Loss, but it's got another series. But the concept of mini habits are to take whatever it is you ultimately want to do and figure out how to break it down so small that you it's impossible to fail. Like, say, say you want to work out more. Well, in all reality, what you really want to do is become someone who works out. And the best way to do that is to work out every day. But you, you don't want to go, oh, I'm going to work out 45 minutes a day. That's nonsense. No, you won't. You'll do it three days if you do it at all, and then you'll never do it again. So you want to figure out, like, how's this? I'm going to do, and this is why it's called mini habits, one push-up a day every day. And, and that might be too small to, like, get any gains, but the point isn't to only do one push-up. The idea is once you do one push-up... mental... Yeah, and, and you start momentum. Status. It's momentum. Like, exactly. Once you yeah. go down to do one push-up, if you do one push-up, you're going to be like, that's dumb. I'm, I'm going to do ten, right? And, like, the whole yeah. point is that even on that day that you're literally, like, on planes all day traveling for work and you can't do anything, you can stop in the middle of an airport and do one push-up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It is impossible to not do the mini habit like the that the, because you're somebody who works out and in this case that's why i said like a hundred words like that's much better than like two thousand like a hundred or maybe even like one sentence a day and by just doing that like that's so small that if you're a writer you can do one you don't have you if you're not a writer you can do one sentence a day everyone can write down one sentence a day but you do it every single day and a great example of that is seth godin who's like the godfather of marketing and he has a, a blog that he has written on every day for over 12 years like every day 365 days a year for over 12 years and some of the blogs are like four paragraphs and some some of them are two sentences right but the whole point is there's never been a day that's gone by that he hasn't written in that blog and so that's the reason he's an amazing copywriter is because he wrote every day. And because of that, he's you know, been perfecting the skill over time. And it's the same with storytelling. It's the same with creating, whether it's you know, board games, video games, comic books, novels. Like, j you just got to do it. Like, that's how you become better. Like, put your time I, I will say, I will say, I, uh, last year, I, uh, well, in fact, going back a bit further, I, I recently was reading over some of the stories I wrote for Era of the Empowered, my core rulebook, uh, for, for the superhero game. <coughs> and I was like, did I write this? This is fantastic. Really? I, I wrote this. <laughs> I don't remember writing this well. You That's know. Pretty funny. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, it is. It's like you say, it's that it's that micro habit of you know, I, I just made the decision I was going to sit down and no matter what, I was not going to go to bed without having written 2,000 words. Even if it's a pile of crap, it doesn't matter. I would write 2,000 words minimum a day. Now, more normally during Era Rimo last year, I was more like 4,000, 5,000 words a day. You know, that, that was more common But, but that's why you but... set that minimum bar, though. It's like you, you might exactly. write 10,000 words one day, but it's like you can't go to sleep until you've hit 2,000. Like, you know, yeah, like... it's just, yeah, I just, I made myself a promise that until I hit this point, I'm not gonna, I'm just not gonna stop. I'm not gonna lie down. I'm not gonna go to sleep. Even if I am just, 
you know, and, and like I'm typing complete crap that makes no sense in the morning, I'm going to at least write 2,000 words and get there, yeah. right? And I'm, I'm, and, and yeah, maybe it's 100 for you. I mean, I'd like to think it's more than one sentence. Because <laughs> 100 words really isn't that many. But yeah, it's, it's, it's about, and, and I think, as I say, I think during furlough, it's very easy to sit around and just watch Netflix. And I, I, you know, I, I'm aware of a lot of people who are like, oh, you know, I really want to be a voice actor, I really want to be a writer, I really want to do this or that or whatever, who were on furlough. I was never on furlough. I, I worked all through. I'm, I'm very lucky my, my job allows me to work from home. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm aware of a lot of people who said, oh, I really want to do this. And then... What, well, what what did you do during three months while you're on furlough? Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I, I watched pretty much everything on Netflix and Hulu and <laughs> yeah, Amazon Prime, and <laughs> I'm like, eh, L like really? That that was that was what you did with your time. You know, you you had three months of time where you, every day you could have written two thousand words, and and by the time you know, by the time you get to a point where you're writing a lot, you know, two thousand words, you can churn that out in an hour. You can. As long as you're not going for something that's really, really top-notch, perfect edited, you can churn that out in an hour. And you can become this amazing copywriter like you're talking about by doing the job. You know, you, you just, you sit there and you do it. You, you write about something that interests yeah, you. Well, the, even, even not just interest, not just what interests you. So here's another one. I, do, I, th I think this was like Tim Ferriss, who's like a serial entrepreneur. And one of the things he talked about was write down like eight bad sentences on purpose almost just to get it out of your head like just be like you know just nonsense writing like so i've i've written this book and it's it's not quite out yet it's called the writer's journey nice. um it's it, an adventure in common storytelling mistakes um and what it is is it's like do you remember those old choose your own adventure books where it's like turn to page x yeah it's one of those but as you go through it, depending on what choice you make, the plot might just dead end. And, and it will be big, and, and I will then do a deliberate writing mistake and go, this is the thing you should not do. And here's why you should not do it. You know, don't go around breaking the fourth wall in the middle of your novel. Yes, I know Deadpool does that, but these writers are very experienced. And if you're a first time writer, that comes off as either very derivative or very corny. Yeah. So try to avoid that if you're a first-time writer until you have literally read everything on the subject, you know everything there is to know about storytelling, and then at that point, yeah, feel free. That, that, that's also a good point, is like, people, like, what, what, before you like, if you're not, if you haven't created anything yet, just write, like you need to just write. But after that, like if you want to make it professionally or if you want to make it so that you're making high quality things. This is something, so my brother's a music producer. We work with a team of other music producers. And the, the thing I consistently say to all of them is, you know, you need to know all the rules so that you can learn how you will break them, right? Like, cause you still need to follow the rules, but the thing that makes you unique compared to everyone else is the way that it's you- It's the way you break them. Yes, and it's because exactly. you're like, yeah. oh, it's right here. What if I just go here? Right, as opposed yeah. to like being over here where you're not even in rule land, you know, you're in some 
some weird crazy place. Rather than, rather than subverting a trope, you're kind of showing your inexperience. Well, it's, it's the big thing about indie creators in general. Many indie films, the reason they're terrible isn't because, you know, they're low budget. It's because they decided they're going to break all of the rules of movie making and they think that that will be creative. But the thing is, yeah, it might be creative, but no one will watch it. Like, if you want someone to watch it, you need a part of the hero's journey. You need a part of, you know, X, Y, and Z. You need a beginning, a middle, a climax, an end. Like, you need these things to keep someone focused. It's like the reason why, you know, what is it? Like, you know, all these ads have like you know say sexualized things in them is because it works like yeah you know, it's it, it doesn't always work but the point is it works enough times to risk it like if you're going to spend money on ads why not do it on something that you know might work so it's the same with storytelling like you gotta you gotta you gotta stick to some semblance of the rules and then make your unique changes to them i agree 100 percent. yeah 